Hey guys, how's it going? This is Josue Salcedo, youth pastor of Remnant Youth here at King Jesus Ministry. This is the Remnant Youth Podcast. I want to thank you for tuning in with us today. And if you're looking for something that speaks louder than your situation and you want to know what God is saying now, then this message is for you. God is a generational God. Say with me, God is a generational God. So Exodus 34, 7 says, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin, by no means clean, clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. God is a generational God. The fight that you fight, that each of us fight, it's not just your fight. You're fighting for your children for your children's children, for your children's children's children, and for your children's 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 children. Amen? So God is a generational God. Not just do blessings go down generational, curses go down generations. That's why you have things and you could say, you could look down in your family tree and you could say, oh, this person has a sickness. Oh, yeah, and this person also. And the grandmother and the great-grandfather had the same thing. Because things are generational. Your fight, your walk is not just about you. The world will teach you, do you. It's just about you. And the world will tell you, don't worry. I, I know parents who their children grow up and they're like, yeah, whatever, they grew up. Now that's, now that's up to them. That's selfish. That's not godly. God thinks in generations. When he created you, he thought of four generations down. Every decision you make, whether whatever it is, good or bad, will have an effect on your generations. So it's about time that the church wakes up, stops being selfish, Especially in this generation, I include myself in this generation, where you think that life is just about you. That everything revolves around you and that your decisions only affect you. The devil is a liar. Your decisions affect your generations and your generations to come. Amen? Well, I'm really struggling. Get me some water. Number two. The second thing that I want you guys to know, I know my husband went into this. Our battle is not with flesh. It's a spiritual battle. We are spiritual beings. We didn't, thank you. Sorry, guys. Jezebel's going to get her butt kicked today, but we are spiritual beings. <clears throat> there's, even though you don't see it, there's spiritual demonic beings that are looking for a doorway to go in to manifest themselves. And what is that doorway? They're looking for you, for me, to say yes and come inside. Why? Because they need a body to manifest their agenda. Do we understand that? You understand that you're, you come to a church that knows that the supernatural power of God is real, correct? And it's not because you're being told. You can go to the word. I'll tell you right now. Go to the word. He, uh, Mark 16, 7. Because a lot of the times you're like, oh, no, Papa, so I don't believe in demons. That was in Jesus' time. Mark 16, 7 says, but go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you. Mark 16, 7, that's what I said. 16, 17, sorry. 17. And these signs will follow those who what? In my name they will cast out what? What? Do you believe in the name of Jesus? Or are you just here because someone told you to come? Because I know why I'm here. I know the God that I believe. And the God that I believe says, and these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. So whatever anyone else wants to tell you, demons are real. Demons are real. Pastora, but no, I don't like that. Get over it. Demons are real. 
And the moment that you wake up and understand that you're in a spiritual battle, that the devil, you think the devil cares that you come every Friday? He doesn't care. You could come every Friday and he doesn't care. You know when he cares? When you realize that this is a spiritual battle and you want to fight. When you say, I am gonna go and act in power. The devil doesn't care that you come on Friday. The devil cares that you have power. You coming every Friday is religion. I'll say it again. You coming every Friday but not believing in the supernatural power of God and the Holy Spirit, it's religion. The devil cares that you have power. To what? To go against his kingdom. To go against his kingdom, but pastora, didn't Jesus win on the cross? Yes, but he commanded us to go and execute his victory. He said, you go. You have the power. I already got the keys from hell. I got the power. I'm giving it to you. Now you go and you show the devil that you have the power to cast out demons. Amen? So that's the second thing. This is just a foundation because I want you guys to understand why we've been preaching this. So this walk is not natural. Your walk is not natural. If it was natural then you wouldn't need a Jesus to die on the cross. You wouldn't have needed him. You would have been able to beat your addiction by yourself. You would have been able to get out of depression by yourself. But this walk is supernatural. You needed a Jesus to go die on the cross. Take all power and authority from Satan and give it to you for deliverance to be free. This walk is a supernatural walk. So when we say things like the church, it's being attacked, something in your spirit should be awakened to say what? It should be like, have you seen those movies when, old movies, when they, they sound the trumpet, like da 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 da, and all the soldiers are like, ah, let's fight. When we say the church is being attacked by the spirit of Jezebel, it should be your ta-da-ta-da to get up and say what? I'm here. I was enlisted as a soldier of Jesus, and I am here to execute victory. Amen? So this walk is not a, it's not a natural walk. It's a supernatural walk. Mark 16, 7, I already showed you. So do you believe in his name? Why are you here? A lot of times, my sister-in-law was telling this today, and I was like, oh, it's so true. Do you guys remember the story about David and how Saul said to David, hey, here, borrow my armor and he put on his if you guys read your bible he put on the armor and it was big do you guys remember does anybody read the bible if you don't you should you have to not should you have to so he puts it on and he notices that yeah it's, it's cool it's armor but it doesn't fit him so he takes it off and the thing is a lot of us i said how many of you guys know how to fight yeah but you have this fake armor doesn't fit you you haven't gone to battle but you're fooling yourself thinking that yeah you're good but you don't pray in tongues you don't believe in the power forget about prayer the holy spirit's like over there because you and you think that just coming every friday you're good coming every sunday guys so coming to sunday coming to fridays why do you come it's not why you're going to be saved and if that's what you think take that lie and throw it in the garbage you need relationship you need power power <laughs> Hebrews 13 8 I love this scripture and it proves my point it says Jesus Christ is the same one yesterday today and forever so if there was demons and spirits yesterday is there demons and spirits today? Yes. New era will tell you no. That died in Jesus' time. If you believe that, then again, you believe in religion. Because there's no way that you can believe in a powerful Jesus that is alive, but you don't believe that he's alive for a reason. 
So I tell you all this to tell you again, the church right now is under attack. The church of God, the nation of God is under attack by this spirit, this principality called the spirit of Jezebel. So now I'm going to get into what is Jezebel. Who is Jezebel? What does she do? Or what, what is that spirit? Because it's not a, in the Bible when it refers to Jezebel, at that moment, it was through a woman named Jezebel. So the story is, I'll give you a little bit of history and then we'll get into it. The story is that there was the king of Israel, his name was Ahab. He got married to Jezebel. The king of Israel was God's appointed king. He worshiped the real God, the true God, the only God. But he gets married to Jezebel, who is an idol worshiper. She worships Baal. Baal, at that moment, they were worshiping a God that they thought was in charge of the elements, fire, water, the elements. So she gets married to this king, and she seduces him to the point where now he starts to lift up idols for Baal. A nation, a king that believes in God, that was appointed by God, is that's in his uh, generations before where all God followers is now seduced. He doesn't know, he doesn't know right from right and wrong from wrong. He doesn't know, he doesn't know right from right and wrong from wrong. So he starts to lift up, sorry guys, my throat is really hurting me. He starts to lift up idols and they start, the people of God now are confused and they start to worship idols. They start to worship Baal. And when Jezebel would worship Baal, they would do three things. One of the first things that they would do is that they would sacrifice babies, a.k.a. in your terminology nowadays, abortion. So number one, abortion. Number two, any type of sexual perversion that you can think of, homosexuals, lesbianisms, orgies, etc., transgender, this is how they would worship Baal. Does any of that sound familiar to you nowadays? Does abortion, the sacrificing of children sound familiar? Is that now one of the biggest issues that we have nowadays? Does the whole transgender, the people, I'm telling you, the people of God were confused. They didn't know now that if you were born a woman, they didn't know, is it right to not be a man? They started calling what was wrong right and what was right wrong. When I say that the church and the nation is being under attack, I want to show you guys why. It's the same demon, same spirits that were back in the Bible nowadays is saying, here I am. What is the church going to do? And the sad part is that the church has been tolerating this spirit. So in Malachi, we could go to Malachi 4, 5, 6, verse 4. No, sorry, verse 5 through 6. So where it says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. So God is saying, I'm going to send you the prophet Elijah, and I'll tell you why the prophet Elijah, and why is it that he's saying this? Is it the actual prophet that's going to come back? No, he's talking about the spirit of Elijah. So why the spirit of Elijah? What did Elijah do in Jezebel's, in the time of Jezebel, when the woman that I just told you was influencing that nation? He came and he confronted. Say with me, confront. He confronted the spirit of Jezebel. And he told the people, if God is God, then worship God. But if Baal is God, then worship Baal. And then the craziest thing happened. He commanded fire to fall, and fire fell. Why? To prove that Baal was not the god of the elements. To prove that God 
was the God of the elements and that he was given power by God to confront this principality. Amen? That's a little bit of history. So she seduces. Remember I said seduce. The spirit seduces you. It seduces the way that you think. It seduces what you think is right and what you think is wrong. Now all of a sudden you start saying, well, and I've heard it. And I've heard it from church people. I've heard it from people that have a title in church. Where you now start, and when I say that, I don't mean our church. Thank the Lord. Tell your neighbor, thank the Lord that you come to this church. And I'm serious. Thank God that you're in the church that you're in that does not tolerate sin and does not call something that is wrong right. Pastora, but that means that you guys are perfect. No, we have a bunch of flaws too. But there's one thing that we do not tolerate is sin. We don't call things that are wrong right. And we don't call things that are unholy, holy. Amen? So, so this spirit <clears throat> seduces you. So now you start saying things. And like I said, I've heard people say it where it's like, oh, but stop being so uptight. You know, times change. Have you heard that? Times change. Back in the day, yeah, that wasn't allowed, but now times have changed. No. Did I not just tell you <laughs> Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow? So it seduces you to actually believe that it's okay. Oh, it's okay. It's okay to have a homosexual pastor. That's, it's okay. No. <laughs> no, it's not okay. But the spirit of Jezebel seduces you where now you don't know what's right from wrong. The nation doesn't know what's right from wrong. Oh, Pastor, but that doesn't affect me. Trust me, all of us today in here are going to renounce that spirit. Because we're all, when I mean all, I mean all, everyone, vulnerable to be used by that spirit. Or coming under the power of that spirit. Amen? So Elijah confronts the spirit. He's, so there's an anointing to confront. Say with me, confront. What are we going to do today? We're going to confront the spirit of Jezebel in your life and in my life. I can't confront her for you because you need to take responsibility of your own crap. It's the truth. Christians, when, when we become Christians, we become soft. And now we want our mentors to take responsibility for what we did. Or we want someone else to take responsibility. Take responsibility for your crap. And stop blaming it on someone else. And say, you know what? This, this applies to me. I don't want to live like this. I want to live right. Let me take responsibility. So tonight we're going to confront that spirit. Amen? So like I told you, my husband got into I'm not going to get into Revelation 2.20 if you want to put it up. There's that end time demonic power that comes. It can take shape of a male. It can take shape of a female. Girls. I'm a girl, so you don't have to get mad. A lot of the times, it tends to take more of a shape in a girl than, or when I say take shape, it tends to be to use a female figure more than what it uses a man figure. Why? Because us women are very emotional. Very. Men are more logical. Women are more emotional. You tend to be led more by your emotions then, guys, it's just the truth. That's what I have a, you know, you're a girl. Did you have Jezebel? Yeah, I did. And there's no shame in me saying it. I was used by that spirit. I, I, and I'll tell you why later, but I knew what to do, how to do it to get what I wanted. And that's a spirit. And a lot of you here today, you know exactly what to do. Whether it's in a relationship, like I said, maybe you're not in a um boyfriend and girlfriend relationship or a husband and wife relationship but you're in a father daughter relationship or a son mother relationship or a mentor disciple relationship you know exactly what to say to get what you want and to seduce that person to now think that it's okay to do what you're doing a lot of you know exactly what to say to your parents that even come to this church 
and you're manipulating them to get what you want. A lot of you use, ah, because if you don't let me do that, then I'm not going to go to church. Oh, sound familiar? I know, I'm, pre I know I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to someone. And your parents, they could be pastors or elders or deacons or whatever you want to call it in the church. And they're being manipulated by you. Or a child, have you guys seen like shows like Dr. Phil and like, well, you have a 10-year-old who the whole family is terrified. And Dr. Phil says, and this 10-year-old is hitting you guys? And the parents are yes. <laughs> a 10-year-old is beating up the mom and the dad. If you don't believe in demons and you don't think that's demonic, then you're blind. That's a spirit. There's no way. My son, he's four. He just tells me, I'm like, don't even beat you up at 10 years old. And if you're the and if you are here today and you have your parents, I don't know how to say it in English, I'm in a threaten. You're threatening your parents. Oh, you better let me do this because if not, I'm not gonna go to church. Cast out the spirit of Jezebel in your life. Oh, you better not do that because if you do that, then I'm not going to go to church and I'm going to go to the world. Well, then go to the world. It's your soul. I remember I had a disciple one day. And if she's here, she's here. I won't say the name. But I had a disciple one day that told me, I'm going to go to the world. I said, okay, cool. Just like that. Okay, cool. And she's like, what do you mean? She's like, you're not going to try to convince me not to go to the world? I'm like, no. And she's like, like you, like, you heard I just told you I'm going to go to the world. Yeah, go to the world. She's like, it's okay? I go, yeah, if you, if you, if you say it's okay, it's okay, go to the world. She's like, but, but, are you, but why? And I go, oh, you think that if the Holy Spirit couldn't convince you that he's the best thing that happened to you, I'm going to try to convince you? Of course not. Go to the world. Remedio Santo. She never went to the world. She's actually in leadership now, but. Glory to God. But that whole threatening of relationships and in a relationship. And again, I say women more tend to do it because it's true. We do tend to do it. The boyfriend or the husband says, look, I don't like for you to do this. And, da, 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 da. and then all of a sudden, <gasps> and you start to cry. By the time like you're mid-crying, the boyfriend or the husband forgot what they're even mad about because they're seduced. And I go, it's okay, babe. No, 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 it's okay. Like, and inside, that spirit is telling you, yeah, you got what you wanted. And I'm telling you, don't, don't, oh, no, it's not me. Yes, it's all of us. We all know fallen nature, generational curses, and other things that I'm going to get into now are an open door for the spirit to come into our lives. And we're, we've all done it. If you say, no, Pastor, I've never done it, you're a liar. We've all done it. Either we've manipulated or we've come under that influence and we're being constantly manipulated and you're scared. They manipulate. If you see my kids, they manipulate. My one-year-old, I didn't teach him this. When he wants something, he gets on the floor. He starts to go like this. I don't know where he saw this. He starts to go like this and he's like, no, no, no. And I'm like, okay, whatever, bye. And I just walk away. It takes him a good five minutes, and then he's just like, mama. But that's a spirit of manipulation. And they tell you, they tell you that. I was sharing an article with Elder Elena the other day that we read. A five-month-old knows how to manipulate. Five months. They know how to cry. And they're like, oh, my parents going to come. That's manipulation. So like I said, don't think, oh, this doesn't apply to me. You know, I'm not married or I'm not in a relationship. It applies to every person under the sound of my voice. So the spirit does three things. Number one, it breaks covenantal relationships. Like I said, normally, typically, it breaks covenantal relationships in marriages. That's why you have divorces. That's why you have dysfunctional families. So that's the number one relationship. Well, number one, I guess, would be the relationship with you and God. Because it seduces you now to think that the unholy is holy. And you start to do things that you shouldn't be doing. And you're playing with sin. And you're playing with sin because you think that it's okay. It's okay for me to be a lesbian. It's okay for me to be homosexual. No, it's not. It's a sin. 
And not only is it a sin, not only does it say that it's a sin, but it says that it's the sin that guarantees you a seat in hell. So it's not okay. So this spirit, the first thing it does is it breaks covenantal relationships. What's your first covenantal relationship? Does anybody know? God. You made a covenant, whether it was in this altar, on the streets, wherever it is that you encountered Jesus. You made a covenant to serve him, to make him your one and true God. So the first relationship it's going to attack is your relationship with Jesus. The second one, marriage, uh, fathers to children, etc. Number two, it attacks the supernatural power of God. Why? Because without the supernatural power of God, you can't defeat it. Pastora, but I go to church every Friday. I said without the supernatural power of God, you're powerless. You're in a religion and the devil, that's why you're still bound to addiction. That's why you're still bound to pornography, bound to masturbation. And you have cycles where, oh, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And then you fall. So it goes against the supernatural power of God. Number three, it attacks your identity. I know my husband got into this last Friday deeply. It attacks your identity. It now starts to tell you who you are. Instead of you saying, no, I know who I am. I know who I'm rooted in. It starts to tell you, you yeah, no, you, you were born like that. And it starts to speak to you. And it starts to make you believe this false identity that never originated in God. And you start to believe it. Number four, I love this one. It, I don't love it because of what it does, but I love to get into it. It destroys your legacy. Say with me, legacy. What, do, what does an abortion do? What does it do? It destroys what? Legacy. Why? Because you just killed a generation. Pastor, but that's so drastic. It's the truth. You just killed a generation. Could have been the generation. There could have been a president in that generation, and you just killed it. When you're homosexual, and I'm a girl, and I like a girl, can we have a legacy? No. We can't. It's the truth. If I'm a woman and now I decide, you know, I, I kind of like being a man better. And I want to change my everything to something artificial. What did I just do? I killed a legacy. So this spirit, this demonic principality is out to destroy legacy. Pastor, but that doesn't apply to me. I'm not a homosexual. I'm not thinking about becoming a guy or vice versa. And, you know, I'm good. I never had an abortion. I, I'm still a virgin. And I, I pray to God a lot of you guys are still virgins. Um, if you're not, you've been redeemed. But let's, let's fight for holiness. Amen. Which, by the way, all of them, when I mean all of them, pornography, masturbation do you know that a guy could masturbate enough where now he doesn't have enough sperm count to have babies i know not personally but i <laughs> i know because i've dealt with cases do you know that, that could happen no pastora but in high school they teach you that it's okay no it's not okay it's biblical it's not okay so it destroys legacy. Fine, none of this stuff applies to you, and you're the holiest of the holiest. Okay, well, what about your mentor offends you now? And now you, because you can't deal with the offense, you leave the church. Your children will never know God. You just destroyed a generation. So it doesn't have to be sexual. It could be something as simple as getting offended and leaving the church. And now you cut off a whole entire legacy to serve God because you were too immature to deal with your offense. So it destroys legacy. So there's two types, like I said. You could either come under its control. Have you guys seen the movie Mean Girls? Who's seen it? Okay, so this is the way that I thought I could explain to you, Jezebel, the best for you, know, you to understand <laughs> Regina, 
Jezebel. I know I'm serious. Jezebel, everything about her is Jezebelic. She walks into a room and the whole high school is like, oh no, they're, they're scared of her. She's a Jezebel. Do you know someone, even in your inner circle, that the moment they walk in, you have to change who you are? Because you're scared that if they really see who you really are, they might not be your friend. That's the spirit of Jezebel. It's everywhere, guys. It's not just, it's in the movies. The other day I was watching, I watched Peppa Pig because of my son. <laughs> I kind of, I really like Peppa Pig. But I'm watching Peppa Pig and whatever, Peppa Pig is there. And I was like, oh my God, the spirit of Jezebel. So the mommy pig, so funny talking about pigs. <laughs> the mommy pig says to the daughter, oh, like here, here's something. She's like, oh, what about daddy? She's like, no, that's not important. And I was like, this is what our generation does. It castrates men. So the mommy pig, if you, well, I'm sure you haven't watched Peppa Pig, but the ones that have kids, maybe. Unless you like Peppa Pig, hey, that's all, that's all good. But if you watched Peppa Pig, like something as little as Peppa Pig, and they're already teaching children that the mom is the one that has the say. That if the mom walks in, Poppy Pig trembles because oh, he doesn't want to get in trouble with Mama Pig. That's the spirit of Jezebel. So it castrates you. It castrates men. In Jezebel's time, like I said, back in the Bible, it embodied a woman she had eunuchs. Eunuchs are men that their private parts, I don't think all of their private parts because then they probably couldn't pee, but like I guess their other parts where they reproduce children were cut off. So this spirit, basically it just cuts off the man being a man, being the head. You know, and maybe that happened because you're here and you're a guy because your father walked out and you saw a woman, a hardworking woman, and you saw that as the only authority figure in your life. But no, the men have to rise up, amen? So how does it come in? And this is where I'm going to take my time. Number one, it comes in through generational curses. Say with me, generational curses. So like I said, generational curses, I told you that curses and blessings are for what? Generations. So there's generational curses. Your grandma was controlling. Your mom was controlling. So that mom saw your grandma do it. That's all she learned. And now the daughter is controlling. Have, do you guys know someone? It could be a guy or it could be a girl. It doesn't have to be a woman. That that person in particular runs the show of the whole entire family. Do you know anybody? Where... What they says goes, and no one could say opposite. And they're scared to say opposite. They tremble. I have family members that are in my family that you're, you're talking, you're, oh, you're playing around, you're playing around with the husband, and you're there, and you're cracking jokes, and the minute that the wife walks in, everybody's like, they're scared. It's the spirit of Jezebel. So it comes in through generational curses. Number two, it comes in through dysfunctional families. Divorce, abuse. I'm going to give you a little bit of my testimony, how it came in into my life, my family. Um, if you haven't heard my testimony, I grew up in a very abusive, abusive, abusive house. When I mean abusive, I don't mean like, oh, yeah, just, it's a, no, it was very physically abusive. My dad would hit my mom with bats. He tried to kill us. It was very abusive. I didn't know abuse was wrong. I thought it was normal. Because when you're little and you get in trouble, what do they tell you? Te voy a dar, pao pao. So my dad would always tell my mom, you behave bad, I have to hit you. So I'm here thinking, yeah, mommy behaved bad, she has to get hit. I didn't know that there was a thing called physical abuse. It wasn't until I was like 10 or 11 that I saw this movie of abuse that at the end, you know how it says, if you know someone that's being abused, call this number, blah, 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 blah. I was like, oh my God, this is not normal. I'm in a physical, abusive household. It's not normal for my dad to give my mom bao bao. But I, I thought it was. So I grew up in this very 
movie-like childhood. And I remember when dad preached this preaching on Jezebel, he said, which we're going to do today, he said, I'm going to ask God to show you where that entry point came in. And I remember when I was 10 years old, a little girl, I asked my mom, I said, why do you put up with it? Like, why do you let him hit you? Like, I know it's bad. I saw a movie. You're in an abusive relationship, and it's wrong. Like, why don't you call the cops, or why don't you say something, or get him help? Or I, I, even, I remember it was so cute. I wrote the little number down. I was like, there's a number that you could call. And my mom was, like, freaked out because she was like, oh, my God, like, she knows. Like, she knows that this is wrong. So I'm like, oh, look, you could call this number. They said it on the TV that if you're going through this, you call this number, they're going to help you. And my mom was like, tu no llamaste, ¿verdad? Because she was freaked out. And I was like, no. She goes, ah, okay. And she got the number from me. And I remember I asked her, why do you allow him to hit you? And she was, you know, I don't even remember what she said, but she was probably like, oh, because, you know, no, it's not, it's okay. You know, he just gets mad. Because, again, that spirit will make you think that it's your fault. And you're seduced. She said, no, it's okay. You know, he, he just gets mad. And, you know, I provoked him and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, okay. And I remember that day I went into the bathroom. I'll never forget it. I was a 10-year-old little girl. And I said to myself in the mirror, I said, I will never let a man control me. I was like, it's not going to happen. So, and I built this thing of, oh, like to the point where like in high school, I was like, yeah, no, you're not. Like, like I wouldn't even give a guy like time to talk to me because I was like, yeah, no. Like you're not going to control me. You're not going to think that you have game on me. None of that. But it built, I, I had unresolved pain inside of me because of the family that I lived in. And it just built, it, it made me, like Mabel said, susceptible to fear. Fear of what? Getting hurt like that. Fear of, and people that control, if you are the one that controls, you control because you're scared. Scared of what? Scared of being hurt. So you try to make things your way, how you want it when you want it, because you don't want to get hurt. And the thing is, guys, that we can't control anybody. We can't control them. Jesus himself can't control people. He gives us the ability to choose. But there is something that you can do. Jesus said, offenses must come. Offenses must what? Offenses must come. There is something that you do have the ability to do, and that's called forgiveness. You don't have the ability to control someone. You could be best friends with someone for a lifetime, and from one day to another, they backstab you. You could be married for 50 years, and from one day to another, that person commits adultery on you. But no, but yes, it could happen. But you do have the ability to do one thing, and that's called forgiveness. That's why Jesus said, offenses must come. And they're actually going to come more than what you want them to come. He said, but woe to the one that's the one that offends. But you, I give you the ability to forgive. So there is a way for you to gain power, and that's called forgiveness. So dysfunctional families. And number three, traumatic experience that remain or pain that remains unresolved sexual abuse rejection divorce betrayal they leave you vulnerable and there's no one here that says i've never been through anything i've never been hurt all of us have been hurt one point in our life all of us some of us have been betrayed and it left something inside of you where now when you go into relationships you're the one that caused the shots and you think that it's a good thing and what you don't know is that you're being influenced or being controlled by the spirit of Jezebel so it attacks you with fear and when you confront it say with me confront when you confront it that's when, when either you confront the person, if you've ever confronted someone with the spirit of Jezebel, the first moment that you say no, now they, they have a pity party. Now they're suicidal. Now they say things like, if you leave my life, then I'm going to die. I can't live without you. 
you know, oh, your friendship means the world to me. And, and now, like, I'm going to go back to the world. I'm not going to go to Rey Jesus anymore because you betrayed me. I'm going to go to the world. It's your fault. No, it's not. That's a spirit of Jezebel that is trying to get you to do exactly what it wants you to do. Like I said, a lot of you control your parents. And you throw these threats that you're going to leave the church. Or you throw the threats at your mentor. Oh, I'm not going to do that. And there's a difference. And I want to clarify it. And it might offend someone, but I don't care. There's a difference between mentorship and manipulation. Manipulation is someone that gets you to do something that takes you away from purpose. It takes you away from your walk of God and it harms you. Mentorship guides you for your benefit. Because a lot of you are like, oh, my mentor manipulates me. Why? Oh, because they told me that I shouldn't go to that bar. They're guiding you. They're trying to tell you, hey, if you keep on doing that, it's not going to lead you to something good. And there's the extreme. There's a lot of mentors here that are manipulators. And you say things like, oh, wash my car because I'm not, you know, something. It's like, what? Like, you wash your own car. No, I'm serious. I've heard it. I've heard it all. Or you can't talk to, the, to that friend. Why? Oh, because they're not in my discipleship. That's a spirit of Jezebel. So there, there has to be the church. We have to, as young people, we have to wake up and see the spirit for what it is. Remember I said spirit. Our battle is not against flesh. It's not now for you to be like, oh, I'm not talking to you because you have the spirit of Jezebel. No. You confront it. You pray for it. But again, your battle is not against a human person. It's a spiritual battle. Amen? My throat feels better, guys. So you want to control every relationship and situation around you so it can be safe for you. And you just can't control. So control is manifested. That control is manifested in two ways. It's either manifested, like I said, by intimidating people. Have you seen people that they just look at you and you're like, oh, I got to go. That's intimidation. Or they tell you, if you don't do this, then this is going to happen. Or that's going to happen to you. Or I'm not going to talk to you. Or blah, blah, blah. That's intimidation. So it happens either through intimidation or, like I said, the pity party. You... They, they, they manipulate you through their tears, through their fake tears, and they get exactly what they want. In this case, my son, my little one, he always wants to manipulate with his tears to the point where now my older one, Benjamin, he sees that it works, and he starts to go, Wah. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm trying to cry. I'm like, no, because he thinks like, oh, if I cry, I can manipulate her or my husband to do what I want. We do it too. We cry. We cry to our parents. I don't think I'm allowed to eat more than one like in 12 hours. Um, so we cry. We throw those threats. So it happens two ways. So it's time, guys, that we take ownership of our actions. That we understand, hey, you know what? I am a controller. Oh, but I'm just a control freak. No, it's the spirit of Jezebel. Stop controlling things. Stop cutting influences. I know my husband got into this one last week. Stop. The spirit of Jezebel, it breaks communication. So the spirit of Jezebel will tell Mabel, hey, look, Will said this about you. I was like, well, I never said that. And like my husband said, you'll never meet anyone. When they tell you, oh, this person said something about me. Did you talk to the person? No. But you're, you have, like, beef with this person in church, but you've never. I know my spiritual father couldn't say it on Sunday, but I'll say you never have the balls. He wanted to say it. I just wanted him to say it. You never have the balls to go up to someone and say, hey, did you say this about me? But you're offended. And you have beef, and I'm not going to talk to you. 
That's the spirit of Jezebel. And that's why in Revelation it says, And this I have against you, that you tolerate. You tolerate it. Why do we tolerate it? Because truth be told, it's easier to tolerate something than to grab on some balls and go confront someone. It's, it's way easier. It's the truth. It's easier for you to say, ah, oh, whatever, I'm just going to live like this. I, I don't want to fight. Uh, no, you know what? It's just easier for me to be like this type of person. Young people, are we not the generation that's bold? I think it's about time that we really stand and say, I'm not going to tolerate the spirit. Not in my life. Not in my relationships, not in my family, not in my children. I'm going to be that person that has the bolas to say it stops in this generation because my generations are going to be blessed. Amen? And then when you confront the spirit, guess what it does? It doesn't take responsibility blames it on others has anyone confronted someone that you know they did something and they tell you two routes they either oh yeah i'm so sorry i did it blah 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 and they cry to you they're trying to manipulate and seduce you so you forget what they did or number two they said no i never did that no that's no no no, no. It, it was that other person that did that and you are like, okay, fine. And it, it, remember I told you it seduces you. So now you're seduced and you're like, you know what? Yeah, I was that other person. And you, you've ne you yourself have never spoken to that other person. That's the spirit of Jezebel. So it holds, another thing, it holds grudges. Is there someone, whether it's the person sitting next to you or not, or behind you, or your friend, that they tell you that they forgive you, yet something happens and this happens a lot in boyfriend and girlfriend's relationships and husbands and wife and there's always someone that's more keeps tends to keep grudges that's the spirit of jezebel and they tell you yeah i forgive you but then you do something else wrong and they tell you and by the way last time da -da 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 and you're like wow where did that come from i thought, I thought we were cool that was like 10 years ago has that happened it's happened to me So they hold grudges. They never forgive. They tell you that they forgive, but they don't forgive. They always have an agenda. The spirit of Jezebel always has an agenda. It always wants something. It's not a selfless love type of thing. It's I'm doing this because if I do this, I can get this. Oh, I'm... There's a, there's a lot, when I mean a lot, especially in the church and outside the church, but I'm going to serve you, but I, I'm serving you, mentors, because I want leadership or I want a position. It's not because, hey, I'm serving because I love God. You should serve God because you love God, not because of people. It's because you love God because I'm so grateful for what he did to me that whatever I could do, to serve his kingdom, to show him that, hey, look, I know I can't pay you back, Jesus, but whatever I can do, I'm going to do. But this type of spirit always has an agenda. Always. They always want something. I said distorts communication already. And one of the biggest ones, it brings division and discord. Wherever there's division, whether in your family, whether in your circle of friends, and there's always that one person that always wants to start a fight about anything. Coming to church, oh, but the air conditioner is too cold. Ah, oh, no, but I didn't like what Pastor Aramari was preaching. Oh, Pastor Josue preached it better. Always want to say, glory to God if he preached it better. But there's, you always have something to say. That person that always wants to say something. They're always undermining leadership. No, no, she sucked. But if I were to do it, I would do it like this, and I would say it like this, and I would do this, because they think that they're the best. It's a spirit of Jezebel. And it happens in our circle. It happens in our family. It happens in relationships. It happens in the nation and it happens in the church. And if you don't agree with them, they cut you off. 
If you say no, I don't agree with that, they stop talking to you. They stop talking to you because it's a sin to have a different opinion than someone. That's the spirit of Jezebel. Not even God, and this is what I love about God. God says, I am going to take away all of Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham says, but what about if there's 10? But what about if there's nine or five or four? And God didn't say, how dare you have a different opinion. Mentors, you need to, you need to watch out. Leaders, you need to watch out. In your circle of friends, you need to watch out. Because that's not even God's nature. It's a spirit of Jezebel. Where you're the only one that could be right. And woe to that person that's brave enough to tell you that you're wrong. So if you don't agree, they cut you off. I said this already. They talk negative about leaders. They say that they could do it better. Oh, if I was a youth pastor, this place would be packed. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> come do it you know things like that no but mentor did you hear what mentor said I don't preach that to my disciples they always have something to say about leadership it undermines leadership and it undermines appointed authority constantly so like I said this is I'm gonna start ministering now but this is everywhere it's in the church it's in the nation it's in your movies that you watch. It's everywhere. If you don't see it, and you say, no, Pastor, I still don't see it, after everything you've explained, then you're blinded. The spirit, the spirit of Jezebel, the Bible says that this spirit would be released in the end times. Pastor, but I don't want it to be the end times. I want to get married and have kids. You better be worried about something else than getting married and have kids. You better be more concerned that you're going to heaven you better be more concerned that if tomorrow the Lord comes and says, come, that you're going on that train and that you're not going to miss it. Do I want all of you to get married? Yes. Do I want all of you to have kids? Yes. But that shouldn't be your priority. You should be so much more concerned in your salvation, in your relationship with God. So the spirit attacks you with fear. I said this. You become depressed and suicidal. Why do you become depressed and suicidal? So like I told you in the beginning, Elijah comes. He confronts them. Fire falls down from heaven. But then it says that he fear comes in him. And he runs to a cave. And he's all depressed. And he wants to die. Because all, why? Because that spirit, if you're dealing with depression, and you're dealing with suicidal thoughts, the spirit of Jezebel has a hold on you. Simple as that. Because like I said, that spirit, not only does it cut off legacy, it deals with your identity. So now you forget that you're a child of God and that you have a purpose and that you're called to do great things in God. None of that matters anymore. Now you just want to die. You don't want to live anymore. You don't want to go to church anymore because this, this is too hard and this sucks. And you don't realize that you're under a spell. So tonight I want everybody to close your eyes and stand up. If we could put this up, please. I want you to close your eyes and like I said this message doesn't just apply to one person it applies to everyone and if you're under the sound of my voice tonight and the things that I've been talking about whether it's a generational curse that you could identify you could say you know what I identify that there is a curse. My grandma had it, my mom had it, and now I'm seeing tendencies in me. Or my grandfather had it, or my dad had it, and now I'm seeing tendencies of me, if, of either controlling or being under that control. Or if you're under the sound of my voice and you say, Pastora, when you spoke about dysfunctional families, that's me. 
I come from a family of abuse. I come from a family where there was divorce. I come from a family where it was such a traumatic experience when I was raised, when I was little. If that's you, I want you to come up to the front. And if you say, you know what, Pastora, when you were speaking about unresolved pain, there's people that have, all the elders should be up here already, and the deacons, if you're not dealing with any of this stuff. Or if you tell me, Pastora, you want to know what? When you were talking about unresolved pain, I'm still hurt. I'm still hurt because of a betrayal in a relationship. I'm still hurt, and I try to control things so that I don't get hurt anymore. I try to call the shots. I'm the one that says what to do, what not to do. If that's you, I want you to come up to the front as well. And if you're dealing with any type of sexual perversion, masturbation, fornication, pornography, homosexualism, lesbianism, I want you to come up to the front as well there's deliverance tonight here for you and also if you're dealing with things like depression suicidal thoughts depressive thoughts where you don't want to come to church where you're depressed where you say what's the point of living what's the point of serving God and there's a depression that has come upon you I want you to come up to the front as well and if you say Pastora, I'm not the one that's controlling, but I'm under that influence. Whether it's in a relationship, whether it's in a marriage, whether it's in my family, I am being controlled by that spirit. I am no longer seeing good for good and bad, calling it bad. I'm under that spell. I want you to come to the front as well. And as we worship, I want you to lift up your hands. Whether it's your brother or sister, I want you to say, I forgive you. I let you go. 
Depression, spirit, of spirit of sexual morality, spirit of, morality. Spirit of homosexualism, spirit of pornography, spirit of masturbation, everything that has come to seduce me. If you're out in the crowd and you've had an abortion, I want you to come and run up to the front right now. Spirit of God, I renounce to sexual perversion, to sexual immorality. Right now, I cast it out of my life. Spirit of sexual morality that's being influenced by Jezebel. Come out now. Shukeret, there's something that's about to break in your life. Shukeret, there's poverty that's about to break over your life. When the spirit of light comes upon you, things that have been not answered in prayer are about to be broken over your life now. Father, your word declares. Father, you declare your word. Your word says, ask. By God, and I ask today on behalf of this generation, representing this generation. Spirit of God, Father in heaven, now, I ask in the name of your son, Jesus, and through the power of your Holy Spirit, that the spirit of might will come upon this generation, my God, to fight, to stand, to call what is holy, holy, and to call what is unholy, unholy. Spirit of God, fall, fall, fall. The spirit of might, my God, empower them, empower them. Empower them now! Empower them! Empower this generation, my God! Spirit of God, I take authority now in the spiritual realm as the 
youth pastor that you have assigned. Shukelebo Romashina Mamamamama. And right now, I speak to this generation. I speak to our generation now. There where you are in your addiction. There where you are in your perversion. There where you are bound. I speak now to every demon and every power. Every spirit of Jezebel that has seduced you. Right now. Right now. Spirit of God. Let the spirit of Elijah fall upon this generation. And right now. We make a proclamation. We make a proclamation in the spiritual realm. There is one true God. There is one true God. And Father, we declare right now, every bondage, every shackle is being broken off of this generation. And we declare now that there's a proclamation. Spirit calls out to spirit. We call out to the inner man, to the man that you created of that generation, of those youth. And there is a proclamation. And we say, come, come, come. We remove the seduction. We remove the blindfold now, now, now. Even if you're in a bar right now, the same way that it happened to me when I was getting high, that you spoke to me, yeah. Father, right now, I declare the voice of God is relevant. It's relevant in this generation. The voice of God right now, it speaks there in their addiction, there in their sin, there in their perversion. Right now, in the name of Jesus, Spirit of God, Spirit of might, come upon this generation to fight, to fight, to fight, my God. And Spirit of God, I declare that there is a shift. There is a shift. There is a shift in this church, in the generation, in the young generation. There is a shift. We are empowered. I declare that you are empowered. You are empowered to go back to your family. You are empowered to go back to your school. You are empowered to enter a mall and snatch every soul. You are empowered. I declare all intimidation from Jezebel of what people are gonna say if you evangelize to them is broken off now in the name of Jesus. You are empowered to go back to that restaurant. You are empowered to go back to your job. I declare that you are empowered to go and do what God created you to do. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Thank you for joining us today and a special shout out to those who follow us on a weekly basis. If you love what you heard, hit the subscribe button and follow us at Remnant Youth on Instagram and YouTube. God bless you. We love you.